1: What is good, everybody? Welcome into the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Sam Humphreys, Taylor Williams, Jim Woodward with you as always. And we have a big week in the game of golf. We weren't expecting there to be some massive week in the game of golf this week, fellas. But our guy, Taylor Gooch, is the live individual season-long champion after... Getting into a playoff with Brooks Kepka, but he did end up beating Cam Smith for the season-long race. Taylor Gooch ends up with 192 points on the season with three wins. Cam Smith, only 170 points. Fellas, what were your thoughts on Taylor Gooch this weekend? Let's just get rolling right off the bat truly
2: beautiful stuff, guys. I mean, just just to put this into perspective, let's say you wake up just one Sunday morning about to go out and play some golf, and you have $18 million on the line. Then to be able to go out and shoot a bogey-free eight-under round, he made four birdies on the front nine, four birdies on the back nine, just absolutely beautiful, stellar golf. To be able to come out with that poise and charisma, to be able to hit the shots that he did with all the pressure riding on to be able to make a run that Brooks Koepka, unfortunately did end up losing in the playoff. But that's going to be the happiest you ever are losing a playoff, Woody. When you've got an $18 million check coming your way, that definitely softens the wound a little bit. You've got to give it up to Kepka, who played exceptionally well. But our man TG undoubtedly had the best season on live. It's a beautiful thing to see. The only thing that's not beautiful about it is the lack of recognition he got from the likes of the USGA and the Ryder Cup throughout the rest of this year. It kind of is a, a disgrace to the game of golf whenever you look at it. It is it, it it but when you guys we
0: talked about this two years ago when he made that decision to go to live he he pretty much told us gentlemen he was looking out for his family, and he was going to do what he thought was the best thing for his family he He wasn't so much worried about majors and all that well, i mean i'm get- I don't know i I know he's upwards it's over fifty million, it's probably close to seventy seventy five million in these last two years when you get endorsements and money he's made. So for any of those guys out there, people out there that still believe that Taylor Gooch made the wrong decision, hey, that's their opinion, and they can have that opinion. But I'm going to tell you with $70 million, I'm guessing, in the bank, he needs no longer to worry about his family. Now, how it all unfolds from here, we don't know. But Taylor Gooch has become – a really over the top great player he is world class player in my opinion, even though people are saying he's playing the live tour and all that this confidence that he has gained guys over this two years, I think it's going to carry forward in a big way, and they they won't be able to keep him out of the out of the big money all the rest of their life. Something's going to change, we all know. Lib might go away; it might not. I don't know. But as of right now, Taylor Gooch has become probably I would say one of the top ten players in the world right now. I really believe that. And watching him play with that kind of pressure, watching all those putts he makes, uh, this guy's a real deal. I, I I just hope and pray that he gets a chance to get out there amongst those guys on the PGA Tour because I think he's going to light him up. That's my opinion.
1: Hey, I think you're right on the money right there, Woody. And yeah, I think that Taylor Gooch undoubtedly made the right decision going to live. Just on the course in 2023, not including his guaranteed money, he made around $35 million. To put that in perspective, just on the course, Taylor Gooch made more than double what a superstar like Travis Kelsey made on the field this year. He made more than double what the guy dating Taylor Swift made, D dub And you're trying to tell him or me or anyone else with a conscience that he made the wrong decision going to live? You're absolutely wrong. He secured generational wealth for his family and great for Taylor Gooch. We'll get to the play in a second, but I just had to throw that in there.
2: Oh, 100%. Yeah, anyone who's going to try to be critical of decision-making, really for almost any of these guys at this point, it's a little ludicrous, but especially for our man T.G., who has just played exceptionally well throughout really this last 18 months has been some of the best golf that you'll see from anyone really in the state of Oklahoma with any ties to it. I know Victor Hovland said it's had such a great year, but T.G.'s year has to be definitely celebrated for sure, With especially with what we saw yesterday. that being, That's what I was bringing up earlier, but I just cannot get over it. The fact that you've got to shoot a bogey-free 8-under round when you have so much on the line, that's so hard to do. It's hard enough to wake up and go shoot 8-under with anything. But to be able to use the pressure and turn it upside down and to be able to use this momentum, Woody, I think is just such a beautiful thing. And just to add to the disgrace that the landscape of golf has done to our man, TG, I go through and I go to the official world golf rankings, and I scroll down, Woody, I have to go to 187th place before I find Taylor Gooch's name. So apparently there's 186 (laughs) golfers better than him. T.G. has proven himself. He has
0: shown what he's capable of doing. And I got to tell you guys, it is a travesty, 187. Come on. I mean, that that's why whatever happens, we got to get it fixed. And and it's just going to get more complicated, guys. I was trying to read about how who's going to get into the signature events and who's going to get into this and who actually is keeping their card I got to I gotta be honest with you guys, I need to be as good as you are at looking at statistics and analyzations, and, and I can't. It's got to be a cluster. And then we were talking about how Tiger's deal is getting ready to get going, and there's just so much in the world of golf right now, which is great. I think it's so cool that we got all this going on. But when I look at the year that Taylor Gooch has had, Take away the money, just how solid a golfer he has been all year long. Well, and hardly any of us know it. That If it wasn't for us in Oklahoma that really love him, you know, nobody really talks about it. You're right, T.G. G's done it. T.W. you called it. Um, we know he's a world-class player, and I just hope he gets a chance to prove it. I really do.
1: The thing about Taylor Gooch is that he's not – the most talented guy, but what he does have is a great mindset. Taylor Gooch is one of those cold-blooded assassins. When the lights turn the brightest, the clutch factor turns up, the clutch gene, as Skip Bayless would say, fellas, Taylor Gooch has that. Whenever he needs a putt to drop in a clutch clutch situation, he's getting those putts to fall, winning three times this year, obviously didn't win the golf tournament, uh, in Saudi Arabia, but he did have to beat Cam Smith for $18 million. And what does he do on the weekend? He goes out there and shoots six under, eight under. And that is just unbelievable play. I think when we talk about analytics and the game of golf and strokes gained, this and, you know, uh, proximity to the whole that, sometimes what gets lost in all of that T-Dub is just the ability to go out and win. And I think that Taylor Gooch has that where a lot of these young golfers don't. And that was a really impressive year. It really was.
2: Well, there's just certain things that analytics and metrics can't analyze. And the ability to go out and just have the dog factor is something that can't be quantified by any stretch. And TG 100% has that. I will say this, even the tremendous seasons he had, he did get a little bit of help from Cam Smith these last two weeks. Cam Smith finished 40th and 25th, and TG ends up beating him by 22 points. And so if at any point during during those couple of events had Cam Smith finished two to- at both events, he finished inside the top eight, he would have got it or, or had one finish inside the top three, he would have secured it as well. But TG knew yesterday going in that Cam Smith was so far back that if he had a high enough finish that he was guaranteed to jump him. And that's where the minerals really showed in that dog factor that we talk about is just truly a beautiful thing to see. And the thing that I've noticed from TG in particular is when he came out on the PGA Tour, he really struggled off the tee with his driver. He's always been one of the best iron players in the world. He's been an above-average putter and an above-average short game. But the driver's really what held him back. He had a hard time hitting fairways. And what we've seen, and what he's done on a lot of these international courses, even this last week, not necessarily hitting the driver everywhere, putting hitting the singer three-wood out there, putting the ball in play and relying on the elements of his game that are exceptional. And what do you really dialogue this very very well how he's just matured and learning about his game and not necessarily looking at oh well this is a bomb and gouge error I need to hit the ball 800 miles like Bryson does and then lose kind of the rest of your game but you now he's realized okay I do this well I do this well and I need to take what my weaknesses were and make them just a little bit better and I'll be a, a top 10 player and that's exactly what we've seen so far with I think guys when you look back at this two years not only the money
0: that he's financially stable for the rest of his life, unless he runs into the wrong people that take it from him, which I don't think he's that's going to happen, not with his family, okay? But what he will realize after these two years is how much, not only did he mature, but the confidence he gains. Now, people are going to say, well, he's only beaten 48-man fields. I, I get it. But he is beating some really, really world-class players, and that's going to build his confidence, guys. I mean, if you were to go and put some kind of true sermon and Taylor Gooch right now and ask him, "Do you think you could beat anybody in the world?" I promise you, he would say yes, and and he, and he and he believes it. Okay, and this two years that he has matured and learned how to play his game, not somebody else's game. That's why I want him to get the opportunity to prove to all these naysayers and all these idiots out there that think, "Well, he." Yeah, he won three times on the live. Big deal. No, that's, that is a big deal. And if he gets a chance to play against, I'll tell you right now, he can kick Xander Shopley's ass day in, day out. I promise you. Patrick Cantley, he can beat him. All these guys that they talk so highly about that were on that Ryder Cup team, Taylor Gooch can wear these boys out. I promise you he can.
1: He absolutely has the talent to do so. Now, he does, on the other hand, have to prove it in major championships, fellas, but I think that he will once the big pressure of him being some live guy at a major championship is off his back. He's not even going to be in the major championships next year, which is an absolute travesty and a joke and makes a mockery of the game of professional golf. Uh, But that's a completely different uh, conversation to have, fellas. Um as far as Liv Jetta goes just as the tournament Brooks Kepka does win in a playoff over Taylor Gooch at 14 under par Brooks's win got him into that third spot for the season long rankings jumping Bryson DeChambeau so it Turns out that the season-long rankings end up Taylor Gooch, Cam Smith, Brooks Kepka with his win at Liv Jetta, and then fourth place, uh, Bryson DeChambeau, fifth, Dustin Johnson, and sixth, Patrick Reed. Uh, T-Dub, what were your thoughts on what you saw from Brooks Kepka this weekend? And he got a nice little bonus of $4 million for finishing on the uh, podium for the season-long race.
2: Well, one thing that was pretty interesting yesterday watching that playoff was T.G. and Brooks were not the only people who had anything riding on this because had T.G. won the playoff, Kepka would have not gotten enough points to jump Bryson in the standings. He only beat him by three points. So Bryson had $4 million riding yesterday on that playoff. And so when he saw T.G.'s ball in the second playoff hole, just about two yards left of where it needed to be running in the water, Bryson was probably shaking his head, oh, well, there goes $4 million. So that's pretty interesting that yet. had – that much money riding on the line from a playoff that you weren't even in. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, the, the season long standings, not a obviously, we, most people around the game of golf would to pick TG to win this. At before the start of the year, we all know the talent that he has, so it's not an overwhelmingly shock test at all. But Cam Smith versus Kepka Bryson, DJ, Patrick Reed in the top six, absolutely not a shock whatsoever. You look down and maybe some guys who didn't finish as highly you would think, like Joaquin Neiman finished down at twenty first, Matthew Wilson twenty seventh, Abe Answer, twenty sixth. So all guys who I would expect has been a little bit higher. But at the end of the day, Woody, it's great to see it come out and a lot of money riding on this last tournament. We're going into the, the Miami team championship next week, and I cannot wait for that because it was really, really cool last year. I loved Doral's great golf course and I can't wait to see it again.
0: Yeah, Doral. I just love watching him play Doral, But I think I think TW hit the nail on the head. When you look at the six guys, um, they're the stars of that live tour, which is, is what we see in golf all the time, guys, whether it's the PGA tour, or the live tour, there's a group of guys that are just better. And those guys are always going to excel. If you give them enough weeks and you give enough tournaments, those guys are the cream, as they say, comes to the top. And it shows not only on the PGA tour, but it shows on the live tour. But uh, I think I think it's been another good year for Liv, One more tournament, and I think a lot of people now, with it coming back to the states, can watch it in prime time. You know, we can watch it like we watch normal golf. We don't have to get up to three in the morning. So, I think this is going to be really an important tournament this week. And then, like we always say, guys, what is November and December going to bring before we get into January? So, what what is what is going to do? What's PGA going to tour going to do? Uh, I, I wish we had a crystal ball and we could see it all, guys, so we could talk about it, but we just don't know.
1: Ironically, guys, talking about Taylor Gucci, just texted me back. There's a good chance we'll have him on the podcast after the team championship coming up this weekend, right before we get to this team championship. We'll preview that here in a second. But the other thing about the season long rankings, fellas, is that there is relegation on live. 45. 45- through 48 on live are relegated. The bottom four are relegated except Lee Westwood and Martin Keimer were both captains. So they're exempt. So the bottom four that got relegated and also there were some alternates like Andy Ogletree, uh, that weren't going to be relegated fellas. And so you got Jed Morgan, James Pyatt, Chase Kepka, and c Kim are the four that are relegated to the, region tour. Uh, I think we might see a different format on live going forward based on you know the picture that Brooks Kepka put out I don't know if we're gonna have more guys to teams a different type of schedule this might not happen in 2024 maybe 2025 I'm not sure what's gonna happen with this weirdest merger in the history of sports fellas um, but we do know that Jed Morgan James Pyatt, Chase Kepka and C1 Kim will not be on live in 2024.
2: No, not at this point. No, I do believe there is maybe a, like a tournament at the end of the year. It's kind of like a qualifying school situation where they may be able to potentially move on up. But, yeah, Brooks Kepka, he has to be a little bit upset that his brother's not going to be on the team. And then Matthew Wolf has been, as they've been very vocal about that there's not much team chemistry there. So he's not going to be on. So Team Smash is going to look drastically different next year. C1 Kim, his best finish this year was 33rd. So, no, he should not be invited back to the turn. John Morgan, he hasn't had a very good year either. His best finish was 17th place. He does fit the mold of that Ripper team being from Australia, but I think they could probably find someone else. And the interesting one is James Pyatt, who was on the high Flyers, still in Microsoft's teams. won the USM just, what, three years ago now or something like that. He's not a very old kid at all. So that's kind of a guy who's like a young project who you would maybe not want to lose unless you could just fill him with that very household name. So, yeah, that that's something very interesting there. I would want to keep James Pyatt, Woody, but all the other guys... I don't think they deserve to be on level. I agree. I agree. And we've
0: been talking about some of those guys all year long. Boy, that's a that was a great gravy train for some of them to keep making 200 and whatever thousand every time they finish near the bottom. So, but uh, you know, like every sport every athletic endeavor, you've got you got guys that are out of their prime or never reach their prime that don't deserve to be there. And there's a lot of guys that do. So uh, I, I find it Ironic, like you were saying, though, that, that Team Smash is going to be the interesting one. What is Kepka going to do? Where is he going to go to fill his team? Will it be somebody from in the PGA Tour that's coming? Uh, maybe, maybe not. Where will he go to get that team full? So, Fella, was, uh, real quick, again, real quick
1: on, that, on that point, Woody, I mean, do you guys think that guys that signed with Tigers and Rory's deal, the TGL, will be able to play on live? considering that the TGL was kind of how the PGA Tour was paying guys guaranteed money? No, I don't think there's any way. No,
2: no I don't either. But Xander, I don't but Xander and Max Homa were
1: wearing the Team Smash shirts in that picture. Maybe it was I, a troll. I Who think, knows? It was a troll. I I, I may,
2: it, it may just be me. Yeah, I would be utterly astonished if those guys were on Team Smash next year. Maybe I'm wrong. and Maybe it's super cool. Because I think that would be I – mean, you talk about turning the whole landscape of golf upside down. That definitely would. I do think it was a total troll move, though, would it? Yeah, I think it was a total troll. And, and, and if they do know that,
0: then they know a lot more than we know. And I don't think anybody can keep that big a secret because it wouldn't just be that little group of guys of like Fowler and and those guys. It'd be a lot of them. Uh, Liv would look totally different because you can think think of Kevin Nas' team. There's there's very virtually nobody on his team that can play dead. So, I mean, you'd see a huge, huge, Group, but you guys changing and moving. Nah, I don't know. It sounds good, Sam. I, I think it'd be great uh, sports no, talk. I, but, I agree uh, with no, you guys. I, I, I just, I can't imagine that happening. No way. No, no way. I agree with you. It's, and then, and then you have like fun, the Ma-
1: you have like the Matthew Wolf situation, where obviously he wasn't even on Team Smash at the end of this year after him and Brooks got into that argument, but he had to still play for Team Smash because. If he would have transferred, he would have needed an open spot to transfer to a different team, and there weren't any open spots on teams that he wanted to no. go to. Speaking of the Ironheads, I, I think they had an open spot, but I, I'm not sure that Matthew Wolf wanted to go play for the Ironheads. So I, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what's going to happen with him. I mean, there has to be an open spot on a team for you to be on live. Think about this, though. I don't mean to interrupt, Tito, but but if you look at Matthew Wolf.
0: Uh, now that he has got so much talent, I mean, even playing as off and on as he was, what did he finish twenty sixth twenty seventh on their list mm-hmm. so he he wasn't going to be relegated. he was relegated because he went into Brooks Kepka, and they just didn't see eye to eye, so I mean, I would be hard pressed if I was some of these other teams. I'd be hard pressed um Hard pressed if I was an Australian guys, I can't think of their name right off hand. But uh, you know, a, if they didn't pick him up, you know, because he's got that potential, guys, to go really low and play really good golf. He's not some just flake out there. He he, if he gets in the right atmosphere, I I wouldn't be scared of Matthew Wolf. I really wouldn't.
2: Well, and and what you kind of hinted on the earlier about him maybe potentially going to Ripper the Australian team, you got to think about it. Like, you have Ripper, the Australian team. You have Stinger, the South African team. You have the Cliques and Majestics are both European teams. You have Team Torquay. They're not going to have any turnover, but they're still the Latin America team. It's like, it, once you get to that point, you, there's only, if you want to stay with your national country, there's only so many golfers that you could theoretically pick. Are the Ripper going to go out and get Adam Scott to add on to the Australian team now that John Morgan's gone? For example, Matt Jones, he's a free agent, so is he almost basically secured now because he's one of the only Australians that they could, they could pick up? So I think that's going to be an yeah. interesting something. To look at this next agency: is do these national teams stick with their country? Or do they decide, hey, let's just go ahead and go out and get the best golfer to make our team better? Because I know something we saw it even up at Live Tulsa, a lot of guys really liked the the team concept because they were strictly from one particular country. So I think that's something the teams are going to try to look to uh, to stick with going forward.
1: I agree with you guys. Speaking of yeah. the teams. We got to get to the season long team standings, which will be the seeding for this weekend in Miami at Trump Doral for the team championship. The four aces, they don't win the season long team race, but they are in uh, first place headed into Miami. They will have the top seed at Trump Doral for the team championship. It goes to four aces, the crushers, team Torquay, and then the fourth spot was the big spot we were looking at headed in to Live Jetta last week because the top four seeds get buys in Miami. And so, fellas, that fourth spot goes to Taylor Gooch's team, the Range Goats, they jump Team Stinger and get that first round by. That is massive, especially in the game of golf when those those four teams don't have to play in the first round. Your odds of actually winning the team championship and all that money for your team, that extra money for your team, your odds go massively, massively up T-Dub whenever you don't have to play in that first round
2: astronomically higher does Yeah, it's great to see the range goats go up the singers kind of shot themselves in the foot the last couple of weeks finished eighth in chicago and ninth in jetta so at, at the end of the day the range goats were just able to come up past and finish second yesterday and finished fourth and fourth the two times before that helped bump them up so that was a good thing to see so yeah it's we're going to see the team contest they do a format where like they they draft who they're going to play so it's not necessarily a five versus twelve type situation could very easily turn out like that, but we're going to get to pick your opponents, and then I believe they do the same thing with the, the top four as well. So, like for example, the four aces will get to pick who they want to play. I think the Range Goats, since they're in fourth, they'll just be handed whoever the last team that wasn't picked, they'll get to play. So that'll be something very interesting. Well, they got a unique format where they play uh, two singles matches, and then they have one alternate shot match in there. So it's something that you've never seen in concept. And like I would said, I love the, route of the golf course. Yeah, I know you played it you can speak to a lot more than us. Whenever in the PGA Tour used to be a rough championship, I used to love watching. It seems like there's more water out there than if you're on a boat in the Atlantic Ocean. So it's not necessarily a course that I would want to play or feel like that I could uh, shoot a low score on. A lot of water,
0: uh, depending on how deep the rough is, but it's a it's a world class golf course. And they, the the great thing that they finish there is it will it will it will show you who's playing the best golf. I, I can promise you can't you can't kind of uh, neck it around there and toe it around there and get away with it. You better you better be hitting your golf ball really good. So we'll we'll get a good champion and um
1: kind of fitting being at Doral Trump's place. Uh let's see how it works out. I think it'll be a great tournament. Guys, real quick, we're not going to make picks we we might be able to tweet them out, but we don't know who the teams are playing, so it's tough to make picks for the team championship, but like we said the top 4 seeds for that team championship Will be the four aces, team crushers, team torque, and the range goats. The teams playing obviously in the first round will be teams like the South African team that won at Tulsa, team stinger, the fireballs who won live Jetta last week, Ripper, Cam Smith's team, team smash, uh, the high flyers and the cliques, and the majestics. So those will be the teams playing in the first round. Range goats, torque, crushers, and four aces will have the bye. Um, The question I have for this team championship, fellas, is they're playing back-to-back weeks once in Saudi Arabia, which is seven hours ahead or six hours ahead of Miami, uh, and then you got to play the very next week uh, six hours behind. I mean, I think the challenge for this week and maybe another reason why the bye was important uh, is that jet lag, fellas. I think that's pretty tough having to play across the world two weeks in a row.
2: I think it's a great point, Sam. I 100% agree. Something that we see it all the time on the on the PGA Tour, for example, when guys would play the Dubai Desert Class and then come back the next week and play the Waste Management of Pebble Beach or something like that. Yeah, You generally saw, maybe they didn't show up with their best stuff. You're, not, you're traveling halfway across the world, and almost everything is different. The only similarity is that you still breathe air and you stand on land. That's really the only things that are the same. So, yeah, once you get adjusted to that I think it will be good and that's a great point about getting that buy because it gives you an extra day to get used to that and Woody I don't think that's something that can be understood. 24 extra hours to get adjusted to the time change I think will prove very pivotal to the teams. and in all honestly I know this is kind of a cliche but I I would be shocked if one of the top four teams that got a buy didn't win this thing
0: I will be too uh the Spanish team though they they've they've been kind of playing pretty good golf so and I guys I think they're they're awful all these guys are pretty young um and and when they fly now you can gear yourself so that you can you can get a good night's rest as you're flying across so you, back in the old days where you you're just in a coach seat it isn't that pretty, but these guys are all flying pretty nice airplanes or uh upper first class, so they're laying down in a bed um it isn't easy it will take them a little time but I don't really think you'll see a lot of jet lag on these guys. I think what you might see on these guys going into this week is who really thinks they can win and who doesn't. And they'll go through the motions and get them a pretty big check, and then they'll just go on down the road. There's there's maybe a handful of teams that can really win this and those first four, and I think the uh, the Spanish team are the only ones I see winning this thing. I don't see one of those other teams all of a sudden Uh, you know, catching fire and giving a crap, really. They're going to just get another big old check and go down the road.
1: No doubt. And if you want to watch the Live Team Championship at Trump Doral this weekend, it will be on the CW at 11 a.m. Central Time. Live on the CW or the live app or the CW app. Uh, fellas, let's get to the Shriners Children's Open. Let's talk about the golf tournament first and the sideshow second. Uh, Tom Kim gets the win at 20 under par, shoots five under in the final round Tom Kim wins over Adam Habwin. Speaking of the devil, the guy that got tackled on the green at the Canadian Open. Uh, he, Adam Habwin only finishes one shot back of Tom Kim, but Tom Kim is one of the young up-and-coming stars on the PGA Tour and a great win for him out in Las Vegas, T-Dub.
2: I knew Tom Kim was young, but I was looking it up this morning. I did not realize that he was only, he's only 21 years old in four months. This guy is so abundantly young that it actually is kind of a joke. I'm almost 10 years older than this guy. It's pretty crazy to think about. Yeah, he's exceptionally superstar level type player. A little bit different than what we're used to. Traditionally, nowadays we see guys that hit the ball a thousand yards and then just kind of dink it around from there, maybe get a hot with the putter one week and figure it out from there. But no, he's such a good iron player, such a great putter, short game exceptional as well. When he can get on a course to where he doesn't have to overpower, he's going to play a few tournaments where, like, for example, when you play Tory Pines, I don't really think that's a course that suits up well for him. 7,600 yards at sea level, that's not going to be something that's very advantageous for Tom Kim. But there's a lot of courses where he can maneuver around and play well. A lot of major championship-type courses will be able to do well. You put the ball on play and being able to make putts, that translates to a lot of performances, Woody. And so even for someone who doesn't, the stereotypical golf town, I think he goes to show, Tom Kim does, that there's a million ways to get the ball in the hole. You just have to do it in the least amount of shots.
0: Well, we've, we've been talking about this guy when he won here last year. We thought he was going to have a really big year. Uh, and he, he had a good year, but he didn't win again until he wins this tournament. So it's been 12 months. Uh, I think he is uh, going to be a superstar, no doubt, with his age and how good he plays. I felt kind of bad for Adam Hadwin because he was kind of had him where well, it was a pretty good match till he dumps it in the water on that par five on the back nine. Um, just didn't hit a very good shot coming down the stretch, so um, I, I thought it was a pretty fun golf tournament to watch. I was kind of going back and forth with it yesterday, but uh, uh, I think Kim is is not going to be a guy that goes away anytime soon. And uh, yeah, twenty one that that it's just hard to believe that he's already won twice on the PGA Tour. And he's only one years old. Uh, three,
1: times, he, three, he, times. Three, three times with it. Three times. Three times. Yeah. Yeah. Three times. Yeah. Really impressive stuff from Tom Kim. What do you hit it right on the head when you said that Adam Havlin really struggled with the irons <laughs> in the final round, he lost over two and a half shots on the field in the final round. Strokes gained approach with the irons. So if there's one yeah. area of his game that he's probably kicking himself on, that's it's definitely the approach game. Um, other guys notable in this golf tournament, former Cowboy Alex Noren finishes tied for third at 18 under par. Shoots six under in the final round. Ludwig O'Bear ends up tied for 13th. In the golf tournament, he finishes nine under par for the final round. Gained over three and a half shots on the greens. Was making everything in that final round, fellas. I saw this stat on Ludwig O'Bear that you guys are going to... It's going to blow your mind. I mean, Ludwig O'Bear played 11 events on the PGA Tour in 2023. 25 rounds in the 60s. 19 rounds of 70 or worse. Worst score? 73. His stroke average was 68.9. His score to par, 94 under par. And he made $1.4 million only in 11 events, not including a DP World Tour win and the Ryder Cup victory. Fellas, I love the fact that we first guessed this since he was at Texas Tech. A couple of years ago, in the Big 12 championship, we said this guy is going to be a star, and he's here, fellas, on the PGA Tour. He is the next can't-miss guy.
2: Well, it's so funny you compare him and Tom Kim against each other. O'Bear is two and a half years older than Tom Kim is. That's just It's hard for me to wrap my mind around. A guy who's not even played in a major championship, has played in a Ryder Cup, but not even a major championship yet, against Tom Kim, two and a half years younger, who has won three times in the PGA Tour and has played in, in many... Major championships and their style of games. We talk about the style of superstar now. Aubert is what you look for in a stereotypical superstar coming out. Absolutely pummels the ball, smokes the ball forever, and actually hits it halfway straight most of the time as well. And that's a lethal combination there. And a little bit streaky with the irons, but a lot of guys who are just coming out on the tour first are like that. It's a lot of visual intimidation can be on some of those shots and knowing exactly where to aim. Uh, for example, a lot of guys, you know, not aiming at flags as much, I think is something that you have to get the experience. And they're doing it. So yeah, Woody, two guys who are probably going to be superstars over the next over the next decade or so, but almost drastically different in styles of play. Totally different, uh, and that's why
0: Abair will will probably. I don't know. I think he'll 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 slowly catch up to wins and and go bomb by Kim because he is a little bit more uh, dynamic with his game and and length and There's a lot of things that I think that that Abair will, will as he matures and gets used to playing out there, we'll, we'll move on past Kim. Um, uh, I think I'm pretty sure Tom Kim is South Korean and I'm wondering, is he going to worry about the military? Uh, like the other, although I did read guys, I don't know if you've read this, but uh-huh. there's a couple other the South Koreans that we were worried about that, that actually won some kind of Asian Olympics and they do, they got, where they don't have to worry
1: about going through military. Yeah, yeah it was uh, Sung J M and Siwoo Kim. They both won okay. the World Championships or whatever they call it, the Asian Championships going on during the Ryder Cup. Uh, and they played as a team and individually, and they ended up. Uh, winning the gold medal for the South Koreans as a team which gets them out of the military service which is absolutely ridiculous by the way that one of those guys can win a players (laughs) championship but you get out of your military service by some you know opposite field event (laughs) to the Ryder Cup hey don't you know I don't know that's not our country so we
0: can't question that Sam but It is a little crazy, but I'm glad they ended up finding why. See, I thought they had to win an Olympic medal. I didn't know this other deal was going on where they could sneak in and go that route. So, and I'm hoping that Tom Kim gets a good partner and gets in that tournament too, so he doesn't have to worry about <laughs> yeah. that military
2: dude
0: I, I bet. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, Tina, t- final t- you know, now that? Well, hold on before I say anything else. Now that I'm an old man, I think we ought to have we're, our kids have to go to military automatic to and, and help our country. Easy to easy say. for me to say because I'm not old enough to worry about, know, about it.
1: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> up. <laughs> <T-dub, laughs> go ahead.
2: Uh, Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and veto the mandatory military service. But you are 100 percent right, Woody. We do have to get some strength built into this generation because, as a teacher, some of these kids are a little bit soft now. A lot of softness in the world, Woody, for sure. And and just for clarification as well, South Korea it's between the ages of 18 and 35 that they have so, to serve the two years. So I guess theoretically okay. they could wait till he's 33 years old and then give yeah, it to him or maybe I and make him do it so yeah that's uh once again something that I hopefully we don't have to worry about and i would venture to bet if you had to say let's just say they waited a long time for it to do it if you give me a decade's worth i would go ahead and say tom kim would win a major which i think would get him exempt from having to do that okay
0: anytime world anytime you got a world class athlete there's got to be a way that they can divert that in some way i, I at least i would say so of course that's being a little prejudiced, but that's uh, no, happening. I
1: I agree with you. I think it's ridiculous that uh, they were going to make Sung J M go, uh, you know, be in the military whenever he's doing a whole lot more for the country by representing them in a great way on the PGA Tour. I'm glad those guys got out of the military service, um, fellas. The other story with the Children's Open, the Shriners Children's Open, was Lexi Thompson. Playing in the event. Lexi ends up missing the cut by three. She shoots two over in the first round, two under in the second round, shoots even par. She played really, really well. She played great, I'll even say. Surprisingly awesome. And guess what? I still have the exact same opinion I had on it before the tournament. She played awesome and still missed the cut and still took a spot away from someone else that could have actually made the cut. If you had a man on the Corn Ferry come and play that tournament, and he played great, he's obviously going to make the cut and obviously going to give himself a better opportunity to get a PGA Tour card, something that Lexi Thompson can't do. So shout-out to Lexi. You played great, but I still didn't like the fact that she was in the tournament. Yell at me through the phone or however you're listening to this podcast. I'm sorry. That's just my opinion. What are your thoughts, T-Dub?
2: I was overly astonished when I got up Friday morning and or towards the noon, Friday afternoon, when I was looking around. And I thought, oh, holy hell, she might actually have a chance to do this. She was two under par with six holes to go. Unfortunately, she makes two bogeys coming in, coming down the stretch bogeys, both the par threes. She started on the back nine on... On Friday, she bogeyed 10, her first hole, then birdies 11, 13, and 15. Comes back birdies one and two, back-to-back. So you're thinking, oh, man. I'll just she, kind of coast on in what the cut ended up being three under. So she would have had to make one more birdie coming in from there. But then misses the green on, on five to make a bogey. And then uh, the par three. And then bogey's number eight, the other par three coming in. So, But, Woody, I'm really excited to hear your thoughts because you weren't on last week's show. Me and Sam got into it pretty in-depth. But from a former PGA Tour player, <laughs> and also, like you said, someone who I I'm just really excited to hear what your thoughts are. Well, I I did listen to our podcast last week that
0: I was not able to from technical difficulties I didn't get to talk with you guys. Um I I'm gonna try to take the kind of the, the easy way out here. I get both of your all's arguments and I think they're both very valid. I was told when I was playing one time, guys, and and it was a year that I needed to play one of the last events because I was right on the bubble, and I was not getting in any of them. And the only way I was getting in them was a sponsor's exemption. And they didn't give me one. And the sponsors, I was told, if they want to, they can put a monkey in the field because that's their right. They are the sponsor of the golf tournament. They get to put anybody in there they want to, whether it's right, wrong, or otherwise, because they're sponsoring events, they get that choice. And I was kind of told that in a very diplomatic way, but it was pretty much just shut your yap yeah, because you should have played better, okay? So, And that's what I was always told. And every year I'd played golf, I was always told if I didn't like something play better. So, whereas I don't, I think it's a good idea because, guys, we were talking about her just making the cut. That was going to be a big success to make the cut, okay? Yeah, well, you don't play in golf tournaments just to make the cut, okay? I think what it was good for is from a sponsor standpoint, they had a lot more people out there paying to see the golf tournament. And probably a few more people were watching. I'm sure those guys wanted her to make the cut. That would have helped their weekend ratings also. So, Sam, you're right. From a golfer standpoint, she shouldn't be in the field. From a sponsor standpoint, they can do whatever they want to do, and there's not a darn thing you can do about
1: it. I'm not blind to the fact that, yes, it obviously drew way more eyeballs to the Shriners Children's Open yeah. than would have been on it. I get that. It just bothers me, and Woody, I'll let you talk on this first because T-Dub and I talked on this last week. I guess it just bothers me because they did put more emphasis on these fall events. They're not just silly season events anymore. That's right. Um, so it, it bothers me in that fact that you're keeping a player from having a chance to get their card at the end of the year. I don't know.
0: I think it, it's huge. I couldn't agree more, Sam. When you look at the amount of money these guys are now playing for, When you think about what's a 125 number compared to 126, when you think about what's a 70 number compared to a 71, it is huge, absolutely huge as far as how much money is being involved here. That's why as a sponsor, I think they need to do this less and less simply because You know, back in the day, it was big. If you weren't 125 and you were 126, it was crushing, okay? There wasn't anything about worried about 70 or 71 because you didn't have signature events. You didn't have all this stuff that they have now. So I think the sponsors need to really consider that now because there is so much on the line, as you were saying, Sam. And if you're keeping a guy from getting one of those yeah, even if it is a kind of a sideshow, I don't agree with it. I think you need to give the guy that's playing golf on the men's tour for a living every opportunity to be able to get into one of those spots, and it shouldn't be given to somebody that's not going to play on that tour regularly.
2: I tend to agree with you guys. I really do. I do think that I don't have a problem with this. if Lexi had somehow qualified If she went to a Monday qualifier and qualified, you should 100% get in. If you earn your way but there was nothing that really under the that i brought up last show was she's 25th in the rolex world golf women's rankings. there's 24 other women that would have been a better option than her i get that yes she hits the ball fairly far but that short game is absolutely atrocious so if you want to bring out a name to throw a, a woman in just for that reason i think you could have found a better option that's at least my opinion but lexi did come out she had a good showing she was second to last in the analytics going into the tournament, and she beat a decent amount of guys. So it, it can't be understated there, but but Woody's point is very true. If we're going into tournaments just hoping that we can make the cut, get to the weekend, there's a little bit of something wrong with that. I, I think an exception to that is, for example, if if Tiger comes back and he plays the Masters after not playing for a year and a half, getting to the weekend is probably a fairly big accomplishment. But at the end of the day, he's earned that. He earned that right. I don't feel like Lexi had necessarily earned a spot into this tournament.
1: No, great point there, and um, I think a lot of casual golf fans might look at this leaderboard and be like, "Look, Lexi can compete." You know, and my point is, she played about as good as she can play, and was still even par for the golf tournament. As Chris got her up who's on the you know was on the Corn Fairy Tour, now on the PGA Tour, that type of player, right, fellas, a, a high level Corn Fairy guy. If you give him a sponsor's invite and he plays really good to the best of his abilities. He's not just going to shoot even par. I guess that's where I'm coming from on this.
0: Same, it's hundred percent right. Yeah, guys, look at it just as any other sport, okay? Uh, you know, tennis. When Bobby Riggs played Billie Jean King, that's dating me, guys. That's a long time ago. These are two. These are uh, Billie Jean King was factor Prime, and he was nothing but a hustler. But let's let's say we bring a gal from the WNBA to the
1: NBA. Really. Do you, do you think she's going to excel? Well, no, no, and that's why it's it's, that's why it gains eyeballs in golf because they can kind of compete in golf. Women can kind of compete kind in golf of. where they can't compete, obviously, yeah. in baseball compared to softball or, you know, basketball, like you just said, the WNBA. It, golf is that one yeah, sport where you can kind of compete. Kind of.
0: I mean, you know, Sam, okay, I want to play the forward tees and play in a PGA event. I could kind of compete from the forward
1: tees. Right. I can't compete no, she did play from the, the back same tees. And she
0: did. She did. Oh, I know. No, 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 don't get me wrong. I totally get what you're saying. I'm not I'm not saying she didn't play from the same tees in every every way shape and form. She played the same golf course they did. Yes, she did beat some of those men. That's good. Okay, great for you. But she didn't even come close to winning the golf tournament. She didn't even make the cut. So To give a spot, I I still, I don't like it. I I know that Susie Whaley, back, back in the day when she was, she still is a member of the PGA of America, she played in a section event up in the Connecticut area, okay? She got to play a forward tee against the men. She won the section championship, which got her in the Hartford. I don't agree with that. I'm sorry, I don't agree with that. If she would have played from the same tees as the men in the section tournament and beat all the guys in the section, she should get that event. She should have gotten in that event. No, the PGA of America, being the morons they are, they played her from a front tee. She wins the golf tournament, so she gets an exemption into the Hartford that year. Now, I don't know what year it was. You can go back and look at the records, but
2: it was 2003. It was- Woody, it was the same year that Annika got in the Colonial. They happened to same yeah. That. I mean, that that was the biggest bunch of bull
0: I've ever seen in my life. They're still doing it. PGA America, I'm so glad I don't play anymore anywhere because they're letting women go to our National Club Pro Championships now and play from a forward tee. The men are on the back tee. They get to play from the forward tee, and they're letting them win as much money and getting all the same accolades as what a man would. Okay? That's bullshit, guys. Pardon my French. That's just bull. Either you're going to compete with me eye-to-eye or you're not. And I don't care what you are, transgender. uh, I'm not going to get political here. Women, I don't care what you are, who you are. If you're going to play in a sporting event, you're going to play from the exact same teeth, play the exact same rules I am, or don't play. Now, I'll offend a lot of people with this, Sam. I can't wait. Don't give them my cell number. (laughs)
1: Good stuff there. And I'll I'll say this too. I will say you this though. too,
2: just going back just going back to the Lexi point but not only did she really play her best golf, but this was a course that tremendously set up for her too. This is not the hardest, most difficult golf course that you could have ever seen. And just to, to Woody's point and to the hundred percent that it needs to be on a fair basis. If Lexi wants to go to PJ Tour qualifying school and try to be a PJ Tour member, if she makes it all the way through, then yes, you should hundred percent be able to get on the PJ tour. And this is what we should do. We should take those 25 women who I mentioned who are ahead of her, 24, I guess, of the Rolex ranking. Let's throw all 25 of those women in there. And I would love to see them go to PJ Tour qualifying school because I would truly love to finally just settle this debate on who would just team up in the same tees. best women golfers, the best, the best players, trying to get on the PGA Tour. And I want to see if they up next to next. I would pay pretty hefty money to see that, honestly. <laughs> that well, TW, you're not going to get to see that because – they
0: can't get through stage one or two, let alone three and four. They'll never get to the finals. There's not one woman golfer out there that could even get to the finals of the Corn Ferry because it's not the tour school anymore, as we all know it. There's not any. Trust me, they cannot get there. There are so many guys, so much better than those 25. Wait and watch, guys. You're going to have one of these guys that says he's thinks he's a girl that's going to try to get on that LPGA it's coming right in on the wall gentlemen it's coming and if they let him he's going to play really good I don't think they will they'll come up with some reason to keep him off but that's coming gentlemen if you think there's not some guy out there that couldn't hack it on the PGA tour that'll put on a dress and say I think I'm a woman and get out there it's coming just get ready
1: Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, we're already seeing that in sports like swimming and other things. So hopefully that well, that's doesn't happen in the game of golf. golf. Uh, it's coming, Sam. <laughs> interesting transition, but we got hit a break here on the 73rd Hole podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Speaking of Golf Oklahoma, after the break, we're going to get into the first round of Q School and some college golf to send you out on this Monday on Oklahoma's Leader in Golf, the 73rd Hole Podcast.
2: Hey, everyone. T-Dub here. want to take a second to tell you about my good friend's
1: side of the break on the 73rd hole podcast the official podcast of golf oklahoma speaking of golf oklahoma fellas you can catch stories of local golf in this state we have a bunch going on right now number one let's talk about this for a second fellas we had the first stage of q school one of the locations was at muskogee golf and country club where we had some familiar names friends of the show that got through first stage in Muskogee. Tyson Reeder, one of them, finished tied for second at 9-under par. You have Blaine Hale, Oklahoma Open champion, finished 7-under par, tied for fourth. And then Matt Mabry, my partner in the pro scratch, fellas, is through to second stage through Muskogee. He shot 5-under par, 3-under in the final round and then t-dub these guys will be going to a different location for second stage and then you'll have final stage fellas but big time stuff from mabes and blaine hale and tyson reader
2: oh definitely is yeah. it's a beautiful thing to see these local guys and as you mentioned friends of the show guys that we've had on playing such exceptional golf and this isn't going to be the end of their golfing journey whatsoever they got through first stage now there is they will now advance to second stage so how it works is there was four first-stage sites this week. There will be five next week, and then there's four the week after that. So there's a little bit of decent amount of time. The first, second-stage tournaments. there's three of them the week of November 14th through the 17th, and then there's two of them that are from November 28th all the way to December 1st. So I'm not sure exactly where these guys will go going forward, but they'll either play the second week of November or they'll play at the end of November. So a little bit of time left before they play the final stage. Is December 14th through the 17th down at TPC Sawgrass. It's not on the stadium course. It's on Dyes Valley, and they also play at Sawgrass Country Club as well. So I don't know what it seems like they've gotten through the first stage. That's a great thing, but there is an abundance of golf to be played. And so I'm sure not going to get any easier for me. Yeah.
0: I can honestly tell you guys, of all the golf tournaments I've played in all my life, whether they're majors or whatever it is, the most nerve-wracking, the most nervous, the most gut-wrenching is qualifying school. And it doesn't matter what round, whether it's the first round of the first stage or the last round of the final stage. You are nutted up for every one of those swings. So those guys are getting ready. (laughs) As good as it was, they got through stage one. That's great. Now they got to focus, get through that next one. So it is just, Really, really, one of the toughest tests of anything you want to do as far as golf goes. So, uh, I'm I'm pulling for all those boys. Once you pass stage one, it's exciting, but boy, get focused. Go to the next one.
1: No doubt. Big, big congratulations to those three guys making it through. And we will be keeping you updated on qualifying school. Over the next few weeks. As far as college golf, fellas, the last thing we'll talk about today, we had the Big 12 match play where the Oklahoma Sooners finished Four and one in Big 12 match play. The Cowboys, the Oklahoma State Cowboys, got a win to wrap up their 3-2 and two record. As far as these fall rankings go on golf week, I know that uh, the University of Texas is the highest ranked, the best ranked team in the Big 12. They were the number one seed in this Big 12 match play. They're the 13th ranked team in the country right now. Oklahoma's 14th. Oklahoma State's down at 34 in the golf week rankings after the fall, and obviously this was at the end of the fall, the Big 12 match play. But, fellas, the one quote that I saw from Coach Hibble that really spoke volumes to me was after this tournament, he said, what I learned from this week is that Ryder Cowan, friend of the show from OCS, where he played his high school golf, uh, he said, quote, what I learned from this week is that Ryder Cowan has a chance to be elite. He played big time. T-Dub, I know you've known Ryder for a long time. What are your thoughts on that quote from Coach Hibble? He doesn't just throw those out there willy-nilly.
2: No, he doesn't whatsoever, but I will say this to Coach Hibble. He wouldn't have known that he could just called me about four years ago and I would have told him the exact same thing. <laughs> this is been the ride has been on the wall for so long. And I, I've never been I've seen a lot of offers in my day. I really have. Right, and Coach Hibble's seen a lot more than I have. He's seen a lot more great play. But there's very few things in life I've been more sure about than Ryder County being a PJ Tur player. This does everything exceptionally well, how great his family is. Just everything is just lining up for him to have success, would he? Coming out and, and having good Ben Lorenz did not go down and play for OU, so I'm I'm assuming that he kind of took his spot. But hopefully this play that Ryder's shown and he can have a really good winner and get into that top five going into the spring because this is not the end of this kid's golfing career, and he is going to be – we talk about those other guys, Tom Kim, Aberg being superstars. I think Ryder Cowan giving him a little bit of time. He's going to be on the big tour. There's no doubt in my mind about it. Well, and, and, you know,
0: you just see certain kids that you just feel that way about T-Dub. I, I – I, but to, to listen to you speak about him, I'm pretty sure you're on the right page. Uh, you know, we've got Emerson Mosma out there at Oak Tree National right now that Sam's very familiar with who the, that young man is. And I see the same thing in him. I see that kind of grind, that kind of just abilities that uh, I still believe God just reaches down and touches these young men and young women with something that others don't get. So... Uh, good for them and uh, I'm I'm like you guys if Hibble if Coach Hibble is throwing this out about a freshman
1: uh, he's real deal no doubt about it And like I said the Sooners go four and one they dropped their opening match to Houston but then rattled off dominant wins over number one Texas number seven BYU number six TCU and number four Texas Tech um to close out the week, on a strong note, I'm reading this story off GolfOklahoma.org. It says OU's plus 34-hole differential after five matches was five holes better than any other team in the field. Oklahoma State fellas knocked off Houston 3-2 to in their final match at Houston Oaks on Wednesday to finish third place in the Big 12 match play. T-Dub, Oklahoma State not quite as elite as we've seen them in recent years. I think they're still building back up after losing Brian Stark and Eugenia Lopez-Chakara. They need to find those stars uh, like they had a few years ago, especially like with the Wolf and Hovland teams with that Road. They don't have those guys yet, but they might have those guys, and we just don't know it yet.
2: And Woody will be, probably be able to test to this a lot better than I can. But I feel like this next semester for Oklahoma State golf is extremely, extremely important. Because how this next semester goes could determine a lot of what happens for the upcoming future of the program. So I'm going to be really keep my eye out for that. And then also something else i take away from this Big 12 match play, Woody, is that this is going to be the last year that we only cover the Big 12 match play. Next year we're going to have to start covering the SEC as well. So we're our college golf ex, uh, coverage is essentially going to double.
0: Well, Which I think will be
2: fun. Well, I, I think we'll get a lot better perspective of,
0: of a lot of teams across the country because we're going to have two different, completely different uh uh, categories to work off of big 12 and the SEC. So I think that'll be fun, but I think you're right on t it, It's funny. We sit there and talk about OSU as good as OSU's golf has been over the years that they would have a crossroads. And I think it, I think it is this, this, this coming semester, this coming year will be interesting to see. I think it's good. They got to win this little, uh, match play thing, build some confidence, get them ready to go into the spring. But, uh, I know that that the, the, the Alan Bratton is recruiting hard. I know they're trying to get some new players. So um, I will just have to see. Hopefully, they won't ever have a situation like they had that last couple of years, where they had those guys leave on them. That was, boy, that just kills the program, and it it really did hurt Oklahoma State. So let's hope the portal stays away on the on that side and maybe brings them a couple of good players.
1: North Carolina is the number one team in the country. They're not in the SEC, but teams like Auburn, number two in the country, Ole Miss, number three in the country, Vanderbilt, number four in the country. You got Tennessee, number seven in the country. You have Arkansas, 11, Alabama, 12. Uh, Fellas, the SEC is loaded with talent. And over the last few years, really over the last decade, probably the Big 12 has been the best Golf conference, and now it looks like the best golf conference is going to definitely be the SEC, especially adding Oklahoma and Texas.
2: Yeah, the SEC thought they were doing themselves a service by I know you and Texas football, but you look at the golf programs too, traditionally over the last decade, without a question, top probably top five programs, top ten at worst, uh, whenever you look at the landscape of the entirety. Of college golf so yeah it's college golf is just going to keep getting better and better from here we've we've documented the things that i at least i have the things that i feel like are wrong with college golf that's another topic for another day so if those things can keep improving it'll be great but at least for the state coverage and people in this state who we whenever we release college golf episodes are traditionally some of our biggest ones so we know there's a huge craze for college golf in the state and as i just mentioned it's going to get nothing but going up and up
0: I think, it, I think it'll be really fun to watch this come in spring and, and to watch both these schools go through this year and then get
1: ready for that SEC. But you're right, the SEC is just power-packed with everything. So why wouldn't golf join that group? Golf never sleeps here on the 73rd hole podcast. We will keep putting out great content for you guys, whether it be interviews with professional golfers or interesting interviews around the state and around the world of the game of golf here on the 73rd hole podcast, the official podcast of golf, Oklahoma. If you are not already following the 73rd hole on Spotify, and on Apple, definitely make sure and go do so. Just hit the follow button; it's the purple button on Apple, green button on Spotify, and it will just give you a notification whenever we drop a new episode or a new interview, like we have coming up in the next few months. Also, follow us on social media at the seventy third hole on Twitter and at seventy third hole on Instagram. I'm at Sam Humphreys thirty four as well. Always putting out. Great golf content. Woody, thank you. T-Dub, thank you. This has been Sam Humphreys on the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.